0: This week we're speaking with entrepreneur-turned-film investor Mike Lindell. You know him best as the creator of My Pillow. Now he's using his millions to fund movies that could very well change the culture. This week's show is sponsored by Speakeasy Ideas. Here's a message for homeschooling families from Dr. Thomas Cranowater, president of Speakeasy Ideas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from being lost, depending in large measure on how free citizens educate their kids. And while we have no shortage of problems in our modern U.S., The future is brighter and more hopeful due to the good work to which you've dedicated yourself, teaching your children. Speakeasy Ideas wants to be your partner for homeschool civic education. That's why we introduce a new online civics course complete with curriculum titled The Political Science of the American Founding. This course will help your student become prepared for the rights and duties of being a citizen by learning the political science behind the great American experiment in constitutional self-government. The political science of the American founding is the result of my scholarly research and writing combined with years of experience teaching American government at Claremont McKenna College, Hillsdale College, and George Mason University. The materials included in this course have been selected, arranged, and packaged to supplement all kinds of curricula. You can easily modify these materials to be used from many learning levels, ranging from young students to high schoolers. To learn more about the new online civics class for homeschoolers, I invite you to go to speakeasyideas.com homeschool. That's speakeasyideas.com homeschool. And congratulations to you and your homeschooling children. And thank you again for your good work and your interest in a sound civic education. Well, this week we don't have a tweet of the week. Because this one is more like the tweet of the month. Maybe even the tweet of the year. No snark. Ricky Gervais sent out this missive just a few days ago. It's important enough to share here. I'm an old-fashioned liberal lefty, champagne socialist type of guy, a pro-equality, opportunity-for-all welfare state snowflake. But if I ever defend freedom of speech on here, I'm subtly an alt-right Nazi. How did that happen? There's a part of me that wants to wag my finger at Ricky and say, Hey, my fellow conservatives have been saying this for years now. Thanks for joining the fight. This podcast, along with my website, HollywoodIntoto.com, has been aggressively covering this decline for quite some time. Free speech is under attack. Hollywood, for the most part, absolutely silent, not willing to fight on its defense. And those PC scolds, well, they're collecting scalp after scalp after scalp, often with the media's blessing. That's how we got here, Ricky. And what are you going to do about it? Of course, it's not technically Ricky's job to fight the culture wars all the way from England, but he can still play a vital role. Keep talking. Keep fighting back. Throw your weight behind things like no safe spaces. We've talked about that upcoming movie a few times in this podcast. We're going to do it again pretty soon. Support comedians who are under attack by the PC police. Was was Ricky Gervais talking about Kevin Hart and defending him? I don't know if he was, but boy, he should have. Now... He's going to take plenty of incoming fire if he gets more aggressive in the war for free speech. That's no doubt. But this is a comedy superstar we're talking about. His legacy is secure. I'm going to guess he's got lots and lots of money. And in case you didn't notice, if you don't back down, often the PC police go away. Most importantly, though, if Ricky Gervais is in this fight, he's on the right side of history. And to do that, maybe share a Ben Shapiro tweet or two. This isn't about politics, really. It's about a creative expression in the Western world. Welcome to the Culture Wars, Ricky. Glad to have you in uniform. I'm Patrick Karelchi.
1: And I'm Adriana Cortez. And we're the hosts of Red Pilled America, a new storytelling podcast.
0: Red Pilled America is not another talk show covering the day's news. We are all about telling stories stories Hollywood doesn't want you to hear, stories the media mocks, stories about everyday Americans that the elites ignore. You can think of Red Pilled America as audio documentaries, and we promise only one thing, the truth.
1: Visit the iHeartRadio app right now to listen to Red Pilled America.
0: My hit tip of the week is Cellular. This 2004 film is the ultimate guilty pleasure, and the cast is pretty amazing. We just didn't know it back then. Kim Basinger is technically the star. She plays a mom who's kidnapped, and she reaches out to a random cell phone user via a smashed regular phone. You know, a landline. Enter Captain America. <laughs> it's, it's Chris Evans. He gets, his, he gets her distress signal, and he's trying to help save her from a long distance via his cell phone. Now the cast here is really good. William H. Macy, Jessica Biel, and Jason Statham plays a pretty bad guy. Back then, he wasn't super famous like he is right now. Now, you're going to damage some brain cells along the way. I guarantee that. This is one of those dumb movies. But it's also fun. It's fast. And it's got those gut-wrenching moments that really keep you invested in the story. This wasn't a big hit during its theatrical run, but as a streaming choice, man, I just dig it. Cellular is available right now on Netflix. You're listening to the Hollywood in Toto podcast, the right take on entertainment. Now let's get to this week's HitCast interview recently read about an upcoming film called Unplanned. It takes a critical look at Planned Parenthood. Well, what caught my attention beyond that? It seems pretty rare on the servers, but the film had to shoot in secret because of the target in question. And one of the ki- film's key financiers is a guy best known for giving us a better night's sleep. Yes, Mike Lindell of MikePillow.com fame cut a sizable check to make Unplanned a reality. He explains why here, along with his hesitation to become a film financier, wasn't an easy transition for him, but I think he's doing it for the right reasons. He shares a lot more, too, including his connection to President Trump and some interesting plans for entrepreneurs, all in this week's HeadCast interview. I hope you enjoy my chat with Michael Dell. Well, Mike, thanks for joining the show. And I wanted to start by going back in time just a little bit and look at when you first decided you know, you've got all this success. I want to get into the movie business. I want to kind of invest some of my capital. I want to get in that game. And from, tell me, tell me a little bit about your thought processes. What, what made you go into that decision? And was there a specific moment or a film or, or a thought? Kind of the describe only, that for me.
1: The only thought I had was, uh, I was back in 2014 and, uh, <clears throat> I was with, uh, I had just met, uh, Steven Baldwin. And, uh, we were driving through, we had, we had, we had became friends right away and, and we were driving through uh, Times Square and I said, Stephen, I said, uh, someday I, or I said, are my books going to come out? I got my book, I'm um, writing this book. And I said, I'm going to be, I'm, someday I'm going to be making a movie from the book. And I'd really like to learn that industry. I said, could I come to your, uh, could I come to your, one of your movies sometime and, uh, with you? And he says, I'll do you one better brother. He said, let's, uh, let's make a movie. You could learn a lot more that way. Huh.
0: And did you immediately kind of recognize that the value of that or were you kind of skeptical? What was your initial reaction?
1: No, that's exactly what I wanted to do is go out and uh, because if you uh, if you want to if you want to be, when I do when I have go into it do something I micromanage it and macromanage it and I wanted to learn all about the movie before I did before I come out with my movie mm-hmm. which would be you know, that's the extent I wanted to be in the movie industry was uh, to learn everything I could about my movie. And I thought, well, you know, let's make a movie in between.
0: Now, obviously, student uh, Stephen was helping you along the way to a certain extent. Were there other people, kind of mentors, you had along the way who helped you <laughs> learn the business, get a feel for what you need to do, what what's important, what's not important, what that what was that process like?
1: Now, Stephen and I, then we went out and we made a movie. It's coming out too this year called Church People. And I had a cameo in it and I just learned, uh, you know, financing end of it. I had, uh, um, it's fun. I had an act, you know, an, a part in it. And then, uh, um, and then I was approached, uh, last summer, um, about this movie unplanned and, and, uh, to be, have a part in that. And the, the movie had a message that, that matched, uh, my beliefs. And I thought, and, uh, I want. I want to. I wouldn't get a part of anything unless I thought it was a great movie, and it would. Uh, and everything. I'd uh, done my due diligence, and uh, these guys. I called them back, and uh, and I said, "Yeah, I said I'll. Uh,
0: I'll do that." Now I, I understand that the message behind Unplanned is something that you agree with. Is is there more about the film that intrigued you or that kind of got you invested in the project? What what kind of jumped out at you about the script and, and the whole the whole production team in, in a sense?
1: No, it was just the message. It mm-hmm. was the totally the message, and uh, and they wanted me to do a a part in it. They wanted me to be. They they called me and wanted me to do a part in it. And I added on them putting money into it because okay. they they said, "Would you?" There's a part in it, and that's a we really we've prayed about it, and we think that you're the one for the. Are we? We've gotten that you're the one we should get to, to do the uh, to do that cameo, mm-hmm. and uh, and I said, "Okay, what is it?" And I said. And then uh, um, I said, well, I, you know, let me think about it. And then they told me, told me all the, uh, you know, what the movie was about and to get that their passion was to get the message out there. And I, and I said, uh, and then they, I said, well, it's, you know, I, I, it would have to be a quality movie. I don't want, I would never put my um, money into anything that uh, um, it's not, for me, it's not about making money. It's about, I want quality things out there, quality, and a, set a great message and and uh, after talking to the guys, they said uh, I checked into what they had done before, and it was it was going to be a great movie. And, and then and then I decided, you know what, I'm I'm going to put some money into it myself. So I put a million dollars in.
0: Now, uh, when it comes to some of the infomercials you've done, you I was seeing that you were uh, bit more comfortable ad libbing than sort of reading off a script. That was sort of more your your style. Did you did you find these cameo roles to be? Challenging? Did it kind of come to you more easily than you expected? What, what was the acting side of things like for you?
1: The first, uh, the first one I did where they, we filmed two years ago in Church People, I was a lot more nervous then. Um, you go back to when I made my first infomercial. I always had a uh, um, unworthiness, spirit, fear of rejection. And the first night we filmed our my infomercial in two thousand eleven. The, the producer texts the other guy the night before and said, this is go- the worst guy I've ever seen. He's never going to make it on TV. Oh, no. and, uh, <laughs> so the next day I, I did, I walked, uh, the first the first doc line was that I took nine takes. It was front of, in front of a real audience and a friend of mine. And they they actually, I said, this isn't going to work. I said, you guys should bring a table in um, and we'll take, no, I can't use a teleprompter. And I need to do just like I sold my pillows at the shows. And then I was able to do it, um, just ad lib and, but I got gotten better. Um, um, the, um, those, this last movie with unplanned, I, um, I just had a few lines. So that's not, um, that wasn't as hard. And, but movies are a little different than, um, um, I learned that like, if you do an infomercial, it's, and, um. or if you're doing a, something in front of a, a speech in front of an audience, so they and using a teleprompter. In movies, you do little snippets, little pieces, so you can you can still say it with passion and stuff. And it was it was very interesting to see how movies were made, where it's it's not like two people are sitting there talking, going, and you do a five-minute conversation. It's like I'd say, my and and I move the chair over there, <laughs> you know. And I move the chair over there, you know, and then that person might say his lines. I might not even be in the room. I mean, it's just, it's amazing how they, you know, that's not just all one sequence, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it's sort of, you don't realize it when you're watching on the, on, in the, no, you so it's amazing how they're made. There was a story about your new movie, Unplanned, and it was in The Hollywood Reporter, and one of the bits of information they revealed was that it was shot either mostly or partially in secret, and they said because it was a, a film critical of Planned Parenthood, and I thought, well, whether you're pro-Planned Parenthood or critical of it, this is America and you can make any movie you want. It really struck me. Can, can you talk about that? What did that mean, and, and what what kind of pressures were, were within the screen, were sort of on you for that for that production?
1: Well, I went down there for uh, um, for my part. For a, I was there a, a day and a half, and this is what I heard from all them. And I, the word, I think they were they were afraid of so much uh, um, controversy and uh, basically attacks from uh, from people that are pro choice. And it's. Uh, um, and attacks from uh, it's a very controversial thing. Plan, Planned Parenthood and they and any any th- any any place that's doing the things they're doing and they have a person just like when Abby Johnson was was gone after back when she quit there quit Planned Parenthood. Um, if people are doing things that are that are not good, I'm not, not going to use any stronger words than that. But it's not good. Um, they don't want to be exposed for who they are, and. If you don't wanna be exposed, you're certainly gonna try and uh or at least we had the or the the movie producers and everybody had a fear of of um uh, of them trying to stop a uh uh getting the word out. And um and they, um, so I think that was the, you know, that was the basis for that. I'm sure that uh, Abby's, Abby Johnson's own experience, what what happened to her when she left there, a lot of that was probably based on that. They don't want the word to get out what she, what she went through, and she, and what happened, what really goes on there, and everything else.
0: Yeah, when you think about movies today, a lot of movies are made to kind of change minds, to convince people, to kind of open people up to new ideas. With a mm-hmm. film like Unplanned, what do you see as its potential where, you know, it's going to be in, in thousands thousands of theaters potentially, people are going to be watching right. it, they, they may I, be watching it on streaming in a, in a few months, you know, after the theatrical window closes. What kind of impact do you think it
1: could have? I think it'll have a big impact because it's a true story. Um, when you watch a movie, anybody watching a true story, you know, you're in, in my... For me, that was another thing, too. I, I didn't just jump on board. I had to do my due diligence and find out what did she know? What did she experience? What was the truth? So you get movies that are made for Hollywood, and they change the truth. Um, I wanted, I think everybody produced everyone. This this wanted to be where you can't go, okay, that really didn't happen. No, it really did happen. And I think that's was really going to resonate with people and expose uh, Planned Parenthood and uh, and abortion for what it is and for what they're for what's really going on out there.
0: You're you're a self-made millionaire. You're now a, a film producer. Was there more overlap between the two than you expected? What was that sort of that transition like?
1: I I don't consider myself a film producer. I like I say I did this one. I didn't plan on it. Uh, they reached out to me. Um, I'm I've got my book coming out, and when that comes out, uh, now I feel I'm going to be. Everyone's approached me, so I've learned, you know, what's what's, what, you know, what's going to be good out there. Who I would pick to, you know, I have all these choices now. Who I would pick to help me get my movie or my book to the, um, to the screen, and because uh, my book, my story, life story is going to have an amazing message out there for people. It's going to help so many people in addiction. I was a former crack addict, and uh, um, this was one of the things I, you know, for me. This is telling a true story. My book is, and my movie is also going to be a true story. So, am I going to come out with uh, uh, five movies, two movies? I, I don't think I don't plan on it. I'm in I'm in. Uh, I'm my my big calling is evangelism and. Uh, spread the word of Jesus. And that's my, uh, that's where my, my pillow is just a platform for that purpose. And, um, you know, I enjoy speaking out to, I was in Minnesota, uh, 50,000 millennials at us bank stadium. I did another, I uh, told my story at, uh, Texas speedway this fall. I don't know, 20, 30,000 people. I'm going to be speaking at, uh, Liberty university, come up at a lot of college campuses. And, and, um, Giving people hope, the story of hope, where I got free of my addictions. And that's where, you know, I don't want people to think I may know I'm not doing any movies to them. When I do my movie, when I do my movie, all that money, the money I make will be going to the kingdom. It's going to go to help my recovery network I have coming out, my Lindell Recovery Network and my foundation. And and, um, I'm just, it's just giving back. And Mm -hmm. I just think that this movie, Unplanned, and the movie I have, Church People, coming out, but both of them, um, the, the one has a great message, it's a, a Christian comedy, and the other one has a, an absolute true story, great message, and it's a good movie. It was a, I had to make sure, you guys, this is going to be a quality movie as far as production, right? Because I'm not even going to do that. Even, even if the movie had a good message, I want it to be people that enjoy watching it, that it's a quality movie. You know what I mean? Yep.
0: You know, when nope. you think about what you're doing and putting money into something that you believe in, there are a lot of people on the right, and I kind of use that term kind of a little bit loosely, maybe people of faith, there's a lot of intersect there, and they say, well, why don't people, more people like you who have financial means, why don't they put that into Hollywood? Because the messaging out of Hollywood is more often of the left, more secular in nature. Why do you think that you kind of saw the connection between pop culture And a message Uh, where other people maybe in your situation aren't.
1: Well, that's where I live in that arena. I mean, I'm on. T- I've been on TV two million five hundred thousand times now. Um, they, uh, they, this is the world I live in. When I met our president before he was president in a divine appointment on August 15, 2016, I didn't know anything about politics. I met him in a private meeting. We talked about what he was going to do with the inner cities and uh, and addictions and you know that he's just signed this amazing opiate bill and he's and uh, we talked about. Um, uh, you know, jobs, my thing made in America, remember me in the USA. And I walked out there say he's gonna be the best, best president in history. And I talked to his employees. It was like talking to my employees, and I'm going, wow, this guy is amazing. I went all in. I went, I believed in it. I went all in. I went and then I had to learn what politics were And, you know, a right and a left, a liberal conservative. I know where I fall, I'm very conservative, but I would never go against my Christian values. For instance, in the last uh, election, I had, you know, there was a couple Republicans wanted me to endorse them, and they— and they were um, pro-choice. I said, absolutely not. I'm not gonna. You know, I mean, they can just hear it. Oh, Mike Lindell endorsed a Republican that and went against his Christian values. Yeah. That's my number one, and that's where. And I'm not afraid of. I bore my cross on TV for from the day one, and I'm not afraid of. Uh, of. Um, Hiding from anybody or putting I put it right out there. Yeah, I was a former crack cocaine addict. I'm not there's no shame in me I can't help my past. I you know what happened and I can only uh, use it for good and so I'm not afraid of uh, all Hollywood in fact, I did a I did a movie or I did a piece or a thing out in California you uh, know in Hollywood Right before the 2016 election, I was I was joking around telling, you know, we're we're talking. I said, vote Trump or vote Trump. And and there was 45 people in that room and they got silenced and everybody got weird on me. And then throughout the day, 44 of them. Or whoever, everybody except one person came up to me and said, "I'm really voting for him, but I can't say that here." So one person controlled that whole group of people, and the other ones were afraid to say, "Hey, I, I'm going to vote for Donald Trump," and they're going, "What? You know, you know." It was only one person in there that was not voting for him. Mm-hmm. So this is how this is how they, you know, they've controlled. I've learned now how horrific it is that they control the media. And, and, and you know what, I'll say it right out. I've never seen such fake garbage news in my whole life because you know what I, they say stuff about me that isn't true and I get attacked almost daily for my beliefs and I it's free speech. And um, I get oh boycott something will do it. And they'll do, and they want me to boycott somebody's station. Or, you know, boycott my Pillow, boycott Mike Lindell. And uh, it's funny because somebody will put up there. One, there'll be bots and trolls on Twitter, and someone will say, "Don't boycott my Pillow. He'll just double his ads, and we see him enough already." You know, <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm not I'm not afraid of that. I'm not you know I'm not changing what what God's blessed me with, and how I'm and get spreading His word and. And um, I'll say it again. I'm so proud of our president. The stuff he's done, in spite of all the attacks, nobody, everyone, everyone I have, where I'm from, a Minnesotian, all my everybody's employees. it seems like that. What's the highest? Everybody, there's careers now around where my pillow. I was paying everybody great before, and we had. Now it seems like all other companies are too. Everybody's. Everybody's in the best condition we've been in. And I, I work so hand-in-hand hand with the inner cities, with my foundation and recovery um, addiction network. That everything's going in the right direction and great. And it's just uh, – I just can't believe it. I get very frustrated sometimes that people can't see that going – you know, hey, you guys, take politics out of it. These are common sense things. We have a common sense president. Common sense. It's all common sense. You know, instead of everyone, well, who's going to get voted in next time? Who's going to get voted in this time? Well, we're not going to do stuff over here because we, we might not get voted in. Our president's not afraid of that. He's doing the right thing and he's doing he's doing what's right for this country and the people in it
0: you know through the years you've been very open about your sobriety and your 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 what you went through and congratulations on your 10 year mark for being sober okay. is, 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 it, is there ever a moment when you kind of reflect on that the, the darker times in your life especially when you're kind of preparing a movie of that experience where it, uh, it, it, it becomes a challenge where maybe you don't want to face it or don't want to revisit it or are you in a place now where you can just see it all and process it and, and, and it doesn't sort of it, it doesn't bring you down in a sense
1: no, i I um, I can go back and live right. Go right back to every one of those spots. I can go back to how I felt. Um, I kept uh, I kept things back from the day, knowing that someday I would be writing a book about it and the, the things that happened. And um, do I have regrets? Um, I don't have any. I wouldn't change anything in my life if it changed where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. And, and my, you know, my story of the stuff I went through and the stuff that happened with it, you know, getting into crack and losing 20 year marriage and uh, whatever, you know, dysfunction there was with my family, everything that went on. um, That's the story of hope now where I'm at now. Um, If I go, oh boy, I could go back and change something and wish I wouldn't have done that. Well, if I don't have any regrets because if I'm where I'm at now, it's this story and the amazing platform that God's given me that can go out and help every help other people show them the hope and and uh, use that for good. I'm not. Uh, um, that's why I say for me, money I took I put I give away the money I make. I put I take my money and I you know I drive around in a pickup truck and I don't eat with two forks. I take all that money and I use it. To For big things for the kingdom, for God, for Jesus Christ, to help other people with addictions or other people that are, um, I've got so many amazing things coming out where my foundation, wherever the need is, 100% of the money is going to go to the need with no overhead. I got tired of you see these uh, charities or foundations where people don't trust them anymore because you look at them, you go, well, I wonder how much their CEO makes or their the president of the foundation. Uh, Are those really my kids in the picture is everybody have the same ones. Gee, does 50 cents of my dollar made it to the actual need? Well, here, a hundred percent of your money is going to make it there and that. So these are things I'm doing that's going to, that's going to help, um, um, I never needed a big house. I got it, you know. I just got. I just love what I'm doing because I love helping people and I love giving back.
0: Gotcha. Uh, one last question before we let you go. When it comes to, you know, you're an entrepreneur at heart, and what you've with My Pillow is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, having been in the film industry for now, to the extent you have a little bit of acting, some some investing, uh, what has that taught you as as someone who is, uh, I, I think, it, it sends an entrepreneur to heart.
1: Well, it tells me I I might do something that I've, I've, I never thought I'd ever do. I might play myself in my own movie and my life story. And I, and, uh, because I, um, I've thought of that. And also, um, um, I've also realized how powerful that industry is with messaging and, so will I maybe get at that I don't know. I want to have my own hour TV show that I'm I'm getting my I am getting my own uh, um studio where I can I'm hopefully I can get my own hour show to get messages out there. I want to do a show where it's the hour of hope right to all the good things that are getting going on in our country and, and things that are working so everybody can duplicate them. I'm also, now that you mentioned entrepreneur, I want to put in one here. This will be the first time told on anybody's show. I've entrepreneurs and inventors have approached me for probably two years and I've saved up a stack foot and a half tall. And, um, I, they get entrepreneurs in this country they get their products get attacked they get copied on Amazon they get uh, you know you, you can't get in the box stores if you do they if you go to shows and home shows and fairs your patents are good they'll get copied and shipped in from overseas Well what I have I'm, I'm coming out with or I have a, a platform that's going to be launching called mystore.com. And it's going to be a safe platform for entrepreneurs where I'm going to be they're vetted. I have another company or another thing, a team vetting these products and to get up there. And if anybody's listening, you can actually go to mystore.com. And you will see um, a way to put in your product into and to, and to uh, get a safe place to put it. And this will be and the money that's made off the the platform of mystore.com. Most of that's going to go to finance my foundation, which is going to help people. at all it's all one big circle, but it's going to really help the entrepreneurs, all the great ideas they've had. And this would include, you know, if you when you talk about movie, one of the things up there might be a movie that I that I have put my um, integrity and credibility on saying this is a good thing. You don't just get to put a product up there. The product's either got to help people in their their faith, mentally, physically, or helping the entrepreneur. You know, made in the USA, things like this that have a reason to be up there. There's not going to be a product put up there that uh, a better a better coffee cup that looks shinier that uh, just for the, somebody to make money. Mm-hmm
0: so I'd love to hear that I'm glad you're helping out so many people and we'll look forward to the movie unplanned coming out this spring March 22nd thank you Mike Lindell for joining the hit cast and of course MyPillow.com for the best pillow around and we we'll look forward to more film projects and more everything from you it sounds like your plate is overfilling and I'm really just really <laughs> pleased that you're spending a few minutes with us and I uh, wish you all the best and congratulations again
1: thanks for having me on it's an honor
0: well, thanks again for listening. Don't forget to check out HollywoodandToto.com for both the show notes and, of course, the latest entertainment news. Please follow me at Twitter, at Hollywood And we'd love it if you leave a podcast review over at iTunes. See you next week. This episode is sponsored by Schwans.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question.